if she went to the same school as me, I don't know if I would have passed school. So it was great <laughs> to have a girlfriend that went to a different school. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Coaches on Couches. Being slouches. I'm a little off today. I'm missing uh, missing my compadre over here. Um, but today we are talking to Tim Lynn. He's on the couch today. Um, I am Coach Dale Sanford. I am a co-founder of BPC Performance Coaching, where we specialize in helping time-crunched athletes optimize their busy schedules so they can maximize their athletic performance. Every BPC coach is trained in our five pillars coaching system that has been developed over the last decade with our work from athletes of all ages and abilities, from fresh off the couch to world championship competitors. You can find out more about BPC by going to Build Peak Compete, checking Facebook and YouTube at Build Peak Compete, or all up on Insta at BPC Performance. Had to do that all by myself. <laughs> I usually have backup. All right. Well, we will get to uh, our conversation with Tim here, but first, shout-outs. So we had, uh, we had a little break here um, going into the 4th of July week. We took a week off, and, uh, but our athletes did not. So we had the uh, state Tennessee State Time Trial uh, last weekend. So we've got uh, Lee Rustin and Cindy Clark finishing third and fourth in the women's Cat 3 division. Dr. James Downing finishing third in his division. Adam Ferroni finishing third in his division. Um, and then our uh, a, couple of, a couple of our buddies had some standout performances. Matt Joyner, Kirsten Sass, and Scott Rollins all had some really good, uh, really good times there. And then the next day, I can't even pronounce this uh, race, uh, Espinosa del Diablo. I think I hit it there. Uh, Lee Rustin was third, uh, third in her in her race. So decent race weekend. Mostly, you know, most racing kind of cuts down around the Fourth of July holiday, but uh, yeah. state TT is always there. I'll have some races that you can't pronounce later that well, we'll I'm, talk about. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> I'm not, I'm gonna let you handle all the pronunciations here in a moment. <laughs> Um, all right, well, let's jump to it. We've got Tim Lynn on the couch today. Um, Tim is a pro triathlete over in Korea. He is actually from our area, from the Memphis area. Um, so a couple of quick, um, couple of quick stats on, on Tim here. Um, what year was it? ITU Asian long course championships. Yeah, 2018. 2018 top 10 finish. So great performance there. And then um, the Husung? Hunsung. Hunsung. Double Olympic distance. Yeah. <laughs> Hunsung double Olympic, uh, which you say is kind of your sweet spot distance there. Yeah, I think it's a true distance. A true. <laughs> it doesn't skimp on the swim. That's right. We'll get into that. But uh, the Tim's a three time. Three out of four mm-hmm. winner of that uh, that double Olympic in in Hunsung. Yep. So um, let's let's jump into like your let's just get all up in your business. Yeah, a uh, little about you and your past. Um, you know, you are from Memphis, um, so kind of go into 
uh, your your family past here? Yeah, um, born and raised in Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, I come from a big family. I've a got, massive family, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I've got five brothers, one sister, um, and so having five brothers, it was a we were always competitive in everything. So I grew up doing pretty much every sport minus American football. Uh, that was the one sport never had any interest in. Yeah. But, um, <clears throat> don't did, like taking hits. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I drifted towards individual sports. Yeah, sure. Um, so my dad was a swimmer for Vanderbilt. And so naturally we all had the joint swim team at young age. Yeah. And, um, I ended up loving that sport and did it all the way through college. Um, where did you swim? I swam at Wheaton College. Okay. Right outside yeah. Illinois. Yeah. Um, Don't they have a, a good cycling team? Or am I wrong on that? I'm not sure. It wasn't around when I was okay. there. Gotcha. Um, but, um, so yeah, in high school, I ran cross country track. So I did the whole uh, cross country swimming track yep. in high school, which, um, was great. Got into triathlons actually um, for the first time in middle school. Um, oh, cool! So this is uh, going back to the Germantown Kids Triathlon in the 1990s and yeah. the Iron Kids Triathlon. Um, I got into those. Uh, good buddies of mine that still live here, Emron and Rehan Mahmood, were really big into the yeah. triathlon scene, and they hooked me in. Um, and so throughout uh, late middle school, early high school, started um, to excel in triathlons. And even this was the time frame when they were just coming out with the draft legal format. Okay. So um, early 2000s, I was doing some uh, training camps in St. Leo, uh, Florida, and um, doing some draft legal racing. And met a lot of people, some people that stuck with triathlons all the way through college, yep. like um, Dustin and Sarah McClarty yep. are good friends yep. when I was at those triathlon camps. And um, so, yeah, I had I, I did not come into triathlons just as an adult. I had a background in triathlons. But at that time, um, the swimming was so important for the draft legal the advice that I was given was specialize in swimming in college and then come back to triathlons, uh, later. So, um, so that was the attitude like for the draft legal track was to, yeah, the, at that point in time, they were, the swim was so important. It was so important to be in the lead pack that if you really wanted to excel in triathlons in the future, that, um, go specialize in swimming in college um, the problem was I drifted towards sprint swimming. Okay. <laughs> and so that didn't really, uh, um, made me fast, but fast for like a minute. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you could get out with the lead. Yeah, pack. I can get out uh, <laughs> the first yeah. hundred meters with the lead pack. Yeah. And even to this day, I still have that sprint stroke. Um, and we could talk about this later, but what I've had to develop is a distance open water stroke. Oh yeah. And that's something I did not have yeah. um, coming out of college. It's so different. Yeah, it's it's completely different. And um, and so that's been a learning curve for me. Um, but uh, 
yeah, going back to my um, sport upbringing, uh, did swimming in, all through college, specialized in the 50, 100 freestyle, did okay. the turn freestyle yeah. as well, um, but pretty much a sprint freestyler with a sprint freestyler's mentality. Yeah. Of, all or nothing. All or nothing, yeah. and I'm going to hit the weight room and do as little meters, as, as short of practices as possible, yeah. but still swim fast. Um, so if, if I have one regret, it was that I didn't do middle to long distance swimming in college. Gotcha. Um, cause that would have, that would have benefited me a lot more than just sprint swimming. Yeah. Um, the nice thing, cause I do coaching now. Um, the nice thing with sprint swimming though, is now I've, I'm very particular about technique. Yeah. Absolutely. And so um, yeah, it makes a huge difference. Yeah, I mean, th- like uh, of the three sports, when when I, especially taking on somebody who's not, uh, didn't grow up swimming, like the technical demands of swimming are far beyond cycling and running. Yeah, uh, and and so many people like just want to do the distance and like. Uh, like just want to, you know, if you're doing an Ironman, they want to like go out and they just want to do a 4,000 yard swim to, to make them feel like they can do it. But yeah, you can gain so much by spending one to two swims a week just on your technical ability uh, in the water. It just, yeah. And not only would you be gaining minutes off your overall time, but it has performance benefits because you're so much fresher. Right cycling and running um that yeah fresher to the bike is uh that's in my opinion that's the the best benefit of having a strong swim is just being fresher to the bike um you know you there's not too many people that are going to win the race being first out of the out of the water every once in a while you know you get a andy potts or a you know who just blows it out and then can hold it um but it's the ones that get to the bike quick enough and they're fresh and they can just smash the bike and then smash the run. Uh, you know, that's just, that's always been my attitude toward, toward swim training is just get there, get as fresh, be as fresh to the bike as possible. Yeah. Uh, so you yourself have a pretty big growing family. Yeah. I've, um, my wife and I got married in 2008 and we were both, uh, she went to Briarcrest, I went to ECS, so okay. we, but we were Butted high school heads sweet, a little. We were high school sweethearts, <laughs> though, started dating when we were sophomore, junior in high school, um, and then um, she went to Middle Tennessee State, I went to Wheaton College, uh, but we dated all through college, which was great for me to... Uh, Kept it together. Yeah, and it also, I don't think... If she went to the same school as me, I don't know if I would have passed school. So it was great <laughs> to have a girlfriend that went to a different school. Less distraction. Yeah, less distraction. Yeah. I was able to swim and study and at least pass college. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then got married right after college, moved back here to Memphis. And uh, we were both like, it felt like glorified dating. Yeah. Being back in the hometown that we were high school sweethearts in. So we're like, we need to get away from Memphis and kind of establish our own family. Um, At that time, I got a random uh, Facebook message from a previous high school coach of mine that 
went out to South Korea to work at an international school. And he knew that I swam in college and knew that I had graduated. And so he sent me a message was like, hey, we've got a pool and a position open at this international school. Um, and so my wife and I were like, that's awesome. We can go out there two years, have this international <laughs> experience, um, kind of establish us. And um, well, 10 years later, now <laughs> we're still in South Korea, um, still working at this awesome international school. And I've got an eight-year-old boy, Titus, a seven-year-old boy, Axon, um, a five-year-old boy, Isaac, and we're in the process of adopting um, a little girl that um, she's Korean uh, that we have there, and her name is Unbyul, which in Korean means silver star. Nice. Um, so, so the uh, so the the boy genes. Yes, they've run the true family for my family at strong. least. <laughs> yeah, strong. So I didn't want to roll the dice. Um, I think God has too much of a sense of humor to yeah. roll the dice on because I didn't want to. F- fourth boy but i definitely wanted a daughter sure so um, you got three protectors yes yeah and they love her they protect her for sure that's awesome they dote on her all the time (laughs) that's great man so you so we talked about this a little you got you kind of got out of triathlon was it like in college pretty much yeah pretty much in college i did um i just did swimming yep um in college, uh, strangely enough, I actually pole vaulted for a year as really? well in college. Well, I did decathlon okay. in high school. I gotcha. And so, um, and pole vaulted in high school as a part of track. Cool. Um, that was just, I think that's my, my mother was a gymnast and that was kind of that, um, playing out. Yep. Um, but yeah. So, um, then got out of triathlons really all throughout college um, so what was the what was the time span there that you did not do? So probably I didn't do any triathlons my uh, senior year of high school. Okay, um, it was just it was more swimming and track and field focused. Yep, and then um, all of college I completely transformed. Went from like a hundred and fifty pound scrawny, good for distance yeah. guy ballooning up to close to 180 pounds which on a 5'9 frame was <laughs> a lot of time in the weight room um yeah i've been there and uh and then doing the sprint swimming yeah um and it was great i i wheaton was uh, a fantastic place and the swim team is just incredible there the um but from a athletic standpoint then finishing i was not in a place to do (laughs) endurance running (laughs) um so i came back and trained for memphis in may i think the year after i graduated college okay trained for memphis in may and did it cramped through the run um (laughs) but i was not well good thing it's not usually hot yeah (laughs) It, um, so, so I did that one kind of year Yeah. that right when we first got married, gotcha. um, I trained a little bit and did Memphis and May triathlon. I think I might've done dragonfly as well. And then you um, just kind of got out of it. And then once we moved to Korea, just, just completely, completely yep. 
out of it. And once we started having kids, oh, yeah. um, the sympathy weight came on. <laughs> and um, then in 2015, one of my swimmers, so I'm, I'm the aquatics director at this international school, which is the coolest job. Yeah. Um, I don't actually teach courses. I'm in charge of the aquatics department and we have swimming integrated into our uh, school K through 12. Awesome. Yeah, which is great. really cool. Um, but one of my swimmers who's middle school student uh, showed up with number tattoos on his arm to swim practice one day. And I was like, Oh, did you do a triathlon? And then started talking to him about triathlons and, then his his dad apparently was a part of a tri club, okay. the Soul Tri uh, Tri Club, um, and they came. He came in and started talking to me about it, and um, it was just the right timing. Of I had gotten to a point of um, lack of fitness that I was really searching for. I need to get this under control. I need to get back in shape. Yeah. Um. So it was. It was good timing, um, piqued my interest again, started training 2015 um, after 10 years of not really doing sure. triathlons. Yeah, that's a good, um, that's a good downtime. Yeah. So it, it was interesting getting back into it. Yep. Um, so what, uh, what, if you don't mind me asking, what kind of weight did you get up to? I was, I don't know if I ever cracked 200. Okay. But I was also not <laughs> eager. I don't know if I was eager to <laughs> stand on uh, scales, though. Yeah, so, I got you. Um, but in 2015, I I dropped some 25 pounds that first year of training, yeah. um, which was really cool. And yeah, a lot of times if it's not meant to be on you, it yeah, comes off pretty. It, yeah, you know, it comes off pretty quick if you if once you get the. You fix some nutrition, up the training load, and and the weight starts to come off. Yeah, and it was it was extremely motivating too because it just started coming off yeah. quickly. Yeah, and um, yeah, so that was motivating. Wanted to um, eat healthier. I used to have a hobby of home brewing in Korea, and um, what? Yeah, because when we first went to Korea, there was absolutely no good beer at all. That's a shame. So. I picked up the hobby of home brewing. Yeah. Um, but then in 2015, I stopped that hobby. And so a lot of... <laughs> we'll have to talk about this later. <laughs> a lot of the weight probably could be attributed this to stopping This podcast is about to that. take a turn. <laughs> stopping that hobby as well. Um, gotcha. So, uh, so you got... So you're just 2015. You're, you're getting back into it. We lose some... Losing the weight. Losing the weight. Have you started racing? So or? the first triathlon that I did um, was an Olympic distance race in 2015 in Korea. And it's kind of a funny story, and it hits on the language barriers that, <laughs> that you experience and my ignorance of being out of triathlon for 10 years. Yeah. So I do the swim. I'm uh, out in the lead and get on the bike like I would for any dragonfly, you know, Buffalo Bill that I used to do. Yeah. Um, back in the day, I get in the bike, no shirt, just start pounding it out, no shirt, because that's how I used to always yeah. race. Yeah. 
and this motorbike guy after one loop on the bike is coming up and uh, trying to yell at me in Korean to stop and um, I'm like what I'm I'm winning I need to keep going and uh, so this this whole like charades then begins of communication um, gets me to stop tells me I have to put on a shirt and so then I stop at transition, have to run down, put on a shirt, um, run That's back funny. up in my cycling shoes. And the only shirt that I had, because I didn't have like a race kit or anything, right. um, was a, uh, it was going to be the, it was just a running singlet. Yeah. So I threw on a running singlet that I was going to throw on during the run um, and then biked in a running singlet the rest of the race um, and ended up podium. Uh, third place in my age group uh after being brought to a walk on the run because i was just not trained for it yet yeah um so and i was a good cross-country runner in high school when i weighed 150 pounds like i was um i was a sub 17 minute 5k runner in high school and but getting back into triathlon so that's my that's my mentality of what i was running sure and then getting back into triathlons much heavier, it was so humbling to try to run yeah. and then see these times. It was it I, was a struggle at first. I think sure. a lot of people struggle with that, like like especially like younger like younger people getting into triathlon, or even like people who just got out of it, and they might have like been in triathlon in their twenties and thirties, and they were they were fast, and then they took a ten year break. And now they, or whatever, however long, and then they get back into it and they think that they can just go straight back to, yeah, to running those paces and riding that at that level. And you just, it's just not happening. Yeah. Like, so I had to come to terms with the process. Sure. That it wasn't um, going to be an overnight yeah. thing. <laughs> um, so that's, and the run still continues to be the, the biggest project for me. Yeah. So the cycling came pretty quickly and the swim yep. at least the technique was always there so yeah um i could even at an easy pace still be in good position coming out of the swim yeah because right now like on a olympic what would you say your average swim time is uh like 1930 okay um and that's a non-draft legal yeah um so i'm conserving for the rest of sure. the race yeah um i know you've had a, i've you've had a few a couple that were like sub eighteen. I've or? been I've been eighteen thirty. Okay. Um, around there. Gotcha. So if I'm going full throttle, that's probably okay. I could um, pull out an eighteen on a true course. Yeah, sure. And yeah, the swim times are always it's so course dependent. Yeah. And you never know because those yeah. those buoys could have easily moved. Yeah. With the wind, could have moved an extra twenty meters that way. And then the other one moves and then yeah, that swim courses year to year even are, yeah, it's a crapshoot. So, so, um, how, like, how did you go from like getting back into it, losing weight, getting your fitness back, and then eventually kind of like getting to that level that I know we talked about like the, to get your pro card in Korea, like the, the standards are what, like sub 420 yeah for, an, for a half, half iron so if you're long course talking long course yeah um so how did you go from like g- like getting back into it to like getting to that level where you could hit those standards 
Yeah, so it was, I saw a steady progression towards, um, so 2016, then I, I won uh, my age group series in Korea for the, for the Korean Triathlon Federation, their series. Okay. Um, and, um, and then 2017, I had a really good, um, a really good year where I, I PR'd my Olympic distance race and I was 157 on an Olympic course, which that was kind of one of my goals getting back into it is I would love to be sub two in the Olympic triathlon uh, non-draft. And, and so when I went 157, I started to think, Oh, I, maybe I could do this. And, um, then I stretched to the half Ironman and, um, my first, uh, half Ironman in Korea, I won my age group and got my world's spot. Yeah. Um, so then went and raced in worlds, which that's a whole nother story that I'll get to. (laughs) Um, uh, but those performances, um, kind of put the thought in my mind, like maybe I could take this to the next level. And also in Korea, I was, I was winning my age group and, um, so I went a full year, um, kind of undefeated in my age group yeah. and I wanted, I want to lose. I, I want to race competition. Sure. That's going to stretch me. Right. So that was the, one of the main motivators for going pro is the fact that I want to race better competition. Sure. And I want to st- stretch myself, see where the limit is, that yeah. kind of thing. And that's what you, we were talking before we started here was it wasn't your, your desire to be a pro wasn't necessarily to just have that pro, uh, that pro, you know, tag on your, on your, you know, resume or, uh, you know, to try to make a real serious living off of it. It's just to be able to race the best competition you possibly can. Yeah. And you introduced me as a pro triathlete, but I never introduced myself as a pro triathlete because I'm a, um, I'm, technically a professional teacher at an international school yeah. and a triathlon hobby enthusiast who races in the elite category. Well, I, I had, you know, pro is relative yeah. to everything. I mean, there's, there's plenty of pros in the United States that, I mean, I would say the majority of them don't make a living mm. uh, doing triathlon. So, I mean, I, I don't think that's necessarily the determining factor yeah. if you're pro or not. I even had I had a person say to me one time that they are not in the triathlon world and they were like uh they're like oh so you're like you're like a pro triathlete I was like no 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 <laughs> uh I was like I'm I'm a coach and they're like oh so you get paid to like to swim bike and run I'm like uh indirectly yeah. they're like oh but then you're a pro yeah I'm like <laughs> well, if that's the case like, I'm a professional swimmer too Exactly right <laughs> Right. So, uh, you know, it's all relative, but the fact is that you've performed on a level that is, is higher than most. And your driving factor was to, okay, let's see how, how good of competition I yeah. can take on and, and have to train like, because your competition determines how hard you train for it. Like at the elite level, yeah. like you don't get to the pointy end without having somebody 
higher than you or somebody better better than you. Yeah. I mean, so you know, that's if I would say that's a better driving factor to becoming a pro than yeah, just to have that little tag on your name. Yeah. I mean, so you, you've gotten so we kind of we kind of we've alluded to the fact that you're 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 living in Korea, you're racing in Korea, you work in Korea. Um, how is the how would you say is the um, the Korean culture for triathlon, you know, versus the U.S. Yeah, it's, um, but I probably don't know, just, I don't know very well what the U.S. culture actually is for triathlons because, (laughs) I mean, I knew what it was in 2000, but I, um, it's, I want to say it's growing, um, in Korea. Uh, there's definitely a movement in Korea towards health and fitness in general, awesome. which is awesome. Um, so, um, whether it be obstacle racing, um, endurance trail running, like ultra marathoning and, um, triathlons, multi-sport it there's, that is growing in Korea for sure. Um, it's, uh, the, the community is extremely like they love group training. Yeah. They love, um, so there's not, there's not much like online coaching or individual coaching. It's all these groups that get together and train together okay. in these clubs, which was really cool at first. And that was great for me to introduce back into yeah. triathlons and, uh, soul try the soul try club. They, they brought me in and, um, uh, it was it was a good community to get me excited about training again to get me um yeah yeah so um i want to jump to jump gears a little bit because this is kind of the the meat and potatoes of what i wanted to to get to today yeah um so you kind of um you've taken this very I mean, you, it's your it's your Instagram handle, Family yeah. First Try. Yep. Uh, so you can, if you want to, you know, follow uh, Tim on his journeys, you can. It's at Family First Try, just yep. straight on Family First Try. One. Yeah. So, um, so I wanted to get into the, to how you um, first, what is Family First Try, and then how you how you balance family in your mm-hmm. training, racing, in your your like your efforts to be the best triathlete you can, because I think a number of people struggle with this, uh, especially when they're on the competitive end of things. Um, you want to do everything you have to do to feel good and feel like your, uh, your fitness is growing and, yeah. you know, and you freak out because you think one missed workout is going to be, like, but the fact is that if the family is not on board, yeah. you're rarely going to perform as well as you can because either there's going to be extra stress added from the family or you just feel guilty because you're not involved as much as you probably should be or could be. Um, so first off, what is, what, what is family first try? Yeah. Uh, family first try was, um, we had a big picture of it becoming, and we still have this vision of it becoming more than just my family, that it's more of like a community um, that encourages people to put their family first, um, in all pursuits in life, really. But when Kristen, my wife and I, we sat down 
Um, and when I was thinking about first going the pro route and I was like, if I do this, I can't really do it halfway. Mm -hmm. It's not my personality. I've got to go full on. Uh, what is that going to do to our family? And so we kind of started this from as a vision statement kind of for my, um, pursuit in triathlons. Mm -hmm. And we're like, if we're going to do this, we have to do this as a family. Okay. And, um, so it's not just about me trying to get the best performances I can get and the best places I can get in triathlons. It's about, um, the family, every member of the family benefiting from my pursuit in triathlons. So we talk about how it helps redefine our nutrition as a family, yep. which was one of the biggest impacts, um, that I think all of this has had on my family is we've completely changed our family nutrition, um, around this and it's benefited my wife. It's benefited my kids. Sure. Um, and then, um, ultimately it was a, a also like kind of like a veto card for my wife. I, from the very beginning I gave her, she always has the veto card to say, no, you can't get on the bike today. I need a night off. Yeah. You got to watch the kids. She always has that veto card. So laying the ground rules um, from the beginning and laying our vision out there that our family was going to come first um, in training, racing. Um, so even the races that I pick to go okay. to, yep. it's um, I, I have the focus of what can we do family-wise when we're going to these races or how can they help yeah support wise my wife um she also how can i involve the family in um at the races engage them in yeah. cheering for them not just cheering for him but cheering for all the athletes yeah what can um the kids learn from being at these races um about and so we talk a lot about it um and it was, it was really cool Af after doing the Buffalo Bill just the other week. Yeah. I came home and my oldest son, Titus, was like, Dad, how'd you do? Um, what was your race like? I was like, well, actually, I didn't do very good. <laughs> I, didn't, um, I didn't do my personal best time and um, I didn't feel very good. It was like, and he's just offered me up some kind encouragement. Well, it's just one race and... <laughs> um, you know, you'll do better next time, that kind of thing. But just they've learned that um, winning isn't everything. Yeah. They've learned um, the importance of health and fitness. They've learned all of that through this endeavor of family first. Um, yeah. So. No, I mean, I've I've been kind of following you guys on Instagram and, and social media and stuff. And just kind of, it just seems like. It looks, I know Instagram and social media yeah. is like, our life is perfect. Yeah. Like, <laughs> look at all, how awesome this is. But like, for the most part, it looks like you guys do a really good job at integrating the the kids and the whole family into your training, your racing, everything. Like even on vacations, when you have to train on vacations, yeah. they're involved in that, like to some extent. So and, we, we've had a lot of fun with our spring break uh, the past few years because spring break is that perfect time 
for me to get in a training camp. Yeah. I get a week off of work. Yeah. And it's um, usually a month before my first race. Oh, yeah. Um, just is how it fits. So it's like, this is a great time for a good week-long training camp. Yeah. Um, and so what we've done the past uh, three years now is we've designed a spring break where uh, we like to be outdoors. We like to go camping. Um, yeah sightseeing things like that so we've designed our spring break um to get the kids outside exercising but also from point to point in our spring break i ride from one destination um, to the next go. destination while they're in the car and then they go check into the hotel or yeah. check into the campsite wherever we might be staying yeah um and even some of it we did a bike a family bike trip one year okay. um and i i did this uh it was one of the hardest exercise days i've ever had we had this it was about a 30 kilometer bike ride but what i was doing because we had the car we had our bikes and the bike trailer and we're going down the path and i kind of played this leapfrog game okay where i would bike with the family pull the kids we'd go maybe 10 kilometers to the next playground or something. Yeah. I'd run back, get the car, drive it 10 kilometers past them, then run back to them, get on the bike. Oh, wow. And so we did this leapfrog. So it might have only been 30 kilometers of riding, but I also got like 20 kilometers day. of running. <laughs> that's, a, and, that's a massive day. And the kids got plenty of time cycling yeah. and playing on playgrounds. And yeah. it was um, so just kind of being creative so the yeah i mean the big thing i'm taking out of that is be creative and you have to plan like yeah you got to plan ahead i know like uh, uh a lot of the people that come to us for coaching like one of the biggest things the, the like just giving them any type of structure with a with a proper like prescription of intensity and recovery they'll get better they'll improve mm -hmm. just because of the prior to they did zero planning. They'll wake up that morning and be like, oh, what do I need to do today? And they just they just do that. And then, you know, they still log everything. And if you look back, they're like, they do a lot of what they're really good at. And they like, you know, so they're, ha I mean, the planning goes a long way and not just, yeah, uh, not just your, your workout, your layout, your program, but it, ha it works for getting, actually getting that stuff in. And yeah. I know a lot of people uh you know use use their commute to work like yeah as a as as a workout or we went to for the fourth of july we went to table rock lake up in uh in missouri and a friend of ours who lives in bentonville rode there oh it's nice. like an 80 mile yeah. ride from from their house mix of gravel and road and uh so he got in a nice long ride while we yeah were that's in the car perfect. for six hours seven hours i do that every Sunday, pretty much. We, we go to church in the late afternoon. And so every Sunday there's always traffic driving home. So it takes, um, it takes Kristen and the kids at least, uh, 30 minutes or so to drive home from church. Okay. Well, it's a 10 kilometers from our house, um, by bike path and yeah. running path. So I run home from church every Sunday. If it's a recovery run, then I just run an easy 10K home. Yeah. But I can also make a longer 15, 20-kilometer loop if okay. I need to. But it's um, 
So if I get in an hour of running, 30 minutes of that, Kristen's just in the car with the kids. So really, um, time-wise, away from the kids yeah. and not helping Kristen at home, it's only 30 minutes that I'm taking away from her yeah. rather than a full hour workout. So trying to figure out when I plan my training schedule, trying to figure out little things like that yeah. that um, where I can get the most bang for my buck not necessarily training wise, but most bang for my buck time away from family. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you, if you look at it, yeah. If you do look at it in the sense of how long are you out of pocket, you know, not necessarily yeah. what's the total training duration, but you know, how, how long am I not like with the family? That type yeah. of thing. That's a, that's a great way to look at it. Uh, do you have any other tips? Like any, like, tricks, tips, anything that you personally use for like integrating the family into training racing? Yeah, I, I've, I've drifted away from, um, being overly obsessive about training numbers, whether it be, um, training stress scores or, um, and I've, I've found that even something as simple as going to the grocery store with the kids yeah i can get in i can get in i can cause stress to my body yeah. by carrying kids by doing um playing with them on the escalators which i probably shouldn't do but <laughs> <laughs> there's um your total fitness is um the sum of everything you do in life it's not just the hour you spend on the bike or the sure. hour that you spend in the pool. So there's, there's a lot of uh, ways if you're creative to find fitness, to stress your body, to stress your system, yeah. even when you're not on the bike or, um, so yeah, like mowing the lawn in 110 degree <laughs> yeah. heat index. Hell. I did that yesterday and I think I lost about 10 pounds. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah. So little things like that. And I've, one thing that I've personally done is I've drifted a lot of my cycling to on the trainer. Yeah. That two reasons for that. One is the time wise with family, yep. more bang for my buck, but also because of air pollution in Korea's gotcha. and Seoul's pretty bad. Yeah. It's at times, but it's, it really does just having your bike set up, being able to yep. jump on it um, is I can get, I can get the same amount of work done in a much shorter yeah. amount of time. So that's definitely a tactic that I use personally yeah. is, is, um, just going for, going for convenience, you know, and making that time block that would normally be me getting all my stuff ready. And then, you know, you have to look at it, the whole thing, not just the time you're on the bike, but the time it takes you to put your gear on yeah. and pump your tires and go and then come back and then get, you know, get you back to where you can be back with the family. Uh, so like a lot of times I divert to the trainer or the treadmill, um, or even I've got a system where I can swim in the pool, nice. you know, like a tether back here just to cut down, especially the swimming because the, the 20 minute trip there getting ready, it's an hour that you're not like you're traveling. Yeah. Like, you're not actually doing work. So, you know, I can jump in here and get it in an hour and 15 and I'm saving 45 minutes, yeah. you know, of time, you know, not going back and forth from the pool. But 
I, I probably do a lot more indoor training than most people uh, would like to do yeah. just because of the convenience factor. I'd say I'm similar. Uh, I do as much outdoor running as I can just because sure. I can't stand treadmills. But um, I love treadmills. <laughs> I, I, I need to learn that. to love treadmills. <laughs> I tell myself that. Um, but yeah, indoor training is... I, I also have with the swimming, I kind of... I have it pretty easy because I work at a pool, so I can I can jump in during a lunch break. Yeah, and get it swims convenient. in extremely easy, and it's not like I even have to change clothes afterwards because <laughs> I'm in my work clothes. That already. is convenient. <laughs> so, so, awesome. Anything else you got? Any other tips, tricks? Anything you want to shout out? Anything you want to? Anybody you want to give props to? Yeah, um, Anyang Haseo. To all the Koreans, um, and definitely my wife. She, <laughs> she. I'm not sure if she's watching, but uh, no, she's she's pretty amazing at, um, and she's quite accomplished herself. She's done some triathlons. She did a 5K open swim oh, wow. um, at the Guam Cocos Crossing, which is really cool. Um, and I think that. Once the adoption and everything's complete, she'll start training again. And um, so it does help. I was talking to her the other day about this. It does help that um, if we were both equally obsessed with triathlons, Mm -hmm. it probably makes it more difficult. And so I'm sure there are some um, people out there that know how to do this a lot better than we do. Yeah, they don't have kids. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But I... The fact that um, she loves playing the support role, yeah, and um, I, I'm extremely humbled by her spirit because she she actually enjoys playing that support role for yeah. me and the family. Um, she takes a lot of pride in it. Um, yeah, it does make things easier yeah. for sure. So awesome, man! Well, we appreciate your time uh, coming in and yeah. hanging out with us and. Uh, we, sh- we appreciate you guys listening, watching, and we will catch you guys next time. Adios.